Jane. I'm Marina Ezra. And I'm Brendan O'Brien. And we are delighted to have a hilarious guest, a very brilliant guest, a very wonderful writer, a very, very funny guy, and a very, very kind soul, Matt Levy. Thank you, Matt. How are you? <laughs> that was the most hyperbolic intro. <laughs> <laughs> I was too exaggerated. Do you want me to take any of it back? Because I won't. <laughs> I think you said kind soul. You could have... What do you mean? You're so sweet and nice. Are you? Oh, no, are I said you? I could be kindest soul. <laughs> the, the, the top one percent of kind souls. The kindest yes. of souls. <laughs> oh, I the, like the humblest of kind souls. <laughs> the number one soul. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for um, virtually connecting with us. We have you via FaceTime because uh, we understand you're on dad duties. I mean, not right now, but we know yeah. you're. I mean, I guess that's been the biggest. Uh, event in your life event occurrence what do you responsibility <laughs> definitely my wife is on mom duty right now it's more of like the biggest events in her life mm-hmm. and like I it's like a part time gig for me well, oh and my god what very full time like she does so much work it'd be silly to say I do even half as much as she does uh-huh. Like she, she goes way above and beyond. Like she's breastfeeding four hours a day. Well, I mean, you could try, Matt. Yeah, at least, at least two. <laughs> I, I will say the baby does try. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get into it's plenty of baby thing. talk uh, because um, Matt, we have a challenge for you where you have to name items on a list, and oh, yes. your challenge is to name as many baby items as you can. This is anything that you would buy or obtain or use in the caretaking of a baby slash infant child. All right. Yeah, and you can yes. rattle them off any time in the interview. Well, number one, a rattle. There oh, you go. darn you it. just gave me the first one. Thank you. Is it the most useful I tool? I didn't mean to do that. Not really. It doesn't do much yet. Uh, <laughs> so the most interesting baby item that I can think of off the top of my head is... There's the regular disposable diapers versus the cloth diapers. Mm-hmm. And disposable diapers, there's your Huggies, your Pampers. There's like a designer disposable diaper that is head and shoulders above the rest called Coterie. Like, mm. for it's so much easier to put on than the other diapers. It's crazy. Interesting. Um, also, I'll let you guys in on a little uh, proprietary information. Mm. Um, I've had an idea for, there's, there are smart diapers that will connect to an app that tell you when your baby's pooped or You're peed. bullshitting. You're not, that's not that's, real. That's real. Yeah. We were part of this, like a, we're like beta testing for Columbia. Like what? It's a thing. But I think it's not really that effective. Cause like, if you're asleep, you're not going to like hear your notifications if you like silence your phone. I think the baby diaper should beep different sounds for pee and poop. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. I think that's a billion dollar business waiting to happen. Yeah. Like, if the baby's crying, you don't usually know why. Mm. Like, it's so confusing a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Like, you can kind of tell, like, that's a hunger cry. That's a poop cry. That's a needs-to-be-burped cry. But if you could eliminate that guessing for just, like, the peeing and pooping, um, wow. and then the crazy thing is there's other than your disposable diapers there's cloth diapers 
Mm-hmm. So that's another item. But the cloth mm-hmm. diapers are weird because they're supposed to be cool to children to inspire them to potty train uh. like ASAP because uh, with the disposable diaper like it absorbs so you're not wet in your nether region mm-hmm. but with the cloth diaper it gets really wet and uncomfortable and makes the kid want to get out of diapers as soon as possible Wow! so I hate cloth diapers. I feel awful. Also, the baby's legs can't move in the cloth diapers because they're so oh, rigid. <laughs> like, just starts crying right away. We're I getting so evil. much information right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who is a prospective parent out there. I have to store there's this still, in my baby one day. There's still more about the cloth diaper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the diaper, you, you remember how you probably saw, like, in cartoons or any information, any media you've seen about babies? Uh, like they have the clothespin. Yeah, that's no longer a thing. Now it's like a little thing called a snappy, and you have like it has like little. It wasn't it originally Velcro? Or before it the clothespin? It doesn't like snap on the, like that. Yeah, it like grabs sort of. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a hook? Yeah, yeah, like it's sort of like a hook. Yeah. Uh. On both sides of the diaper, and then at the bottom, and then on top of that, you put like a poop protector and today the baby just straight up pooped oh dear through all of it uh, <laughs> poop protector it on, not so protective my wife it got on her it got oh on, no yeah it got on what's called the boppy which is what women put under the baby when they breastfeed uh because another thing i didn't know is uh latching it's not mm-hmm. easy uh-huh, I thought yes, babies were just immediately latched. They don't get it right away. Mm-hmm. So we have a woman come over, feel my wife's breath, help her lactate, and help the baby find the right position. It is so much more complex than I would have expected. This is when you like miss in like the the old villages, and you had that you know that Jewish grandmother mm-hmm. or whatever the who come the matchmaker. Everybody has played an important role in the tribe. They all raise the child. That person, yeah, comes and they grab the tit, and they're like, "This is what you do with the nipple," and like, "This is how the baby squeezes and knows how to suck." <laughs> now we just now it's just replaced by Siri, and, right. and you gotta go out and task grabbit find someone else. Siri is the modern Yenta. <laughs> yeah. wow yeah. um what's the thing that like so far in your fatherhood that you that you like you've learned the most about aside from the diaper knowledge that you've acquired <laughs> a lot of diaper knowledge all right so i have a new life philosophy i'm about to drop whoa that i sort of had before but this solidified it i think that Every single decision made by a person, even babies, needs to be 100% that person's idea in order to be on on board with it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I said to Brendan, hey, let's get Chinese food, rather than just, like, coming up with it with you, like, where should we go? And you and I coming up, it would sort of of be like, what the hell? (laughs) Like... It, it needs to be like an idea that you sort of had ownership of as well. Mm. Well, he he did have Chinese lunch. food earlier tonight for dinner. Half so it's an hour very ago. interesting. You just said that. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Matt, I'm on board with this. 
It was ours. It was, it, was your, it was your idea, Matt. It was yours. It was your idea. And yeah. it worked. Yeah, this whole... How did, the, how did the conversation start? Like, did Brendan say, what do you want to get for dinner? Or No, I did not have any. Brendan just, just Brendan just ordered it and came home and had Chinese food. Yeah, this, I'm assuming it was through your, you know, telepathic ways. Right. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess... Oh, he's gone for a specific dish. Okay. Sesame chicken? No, so you know, oh. so, so I do like the sesame chicken. So that would often be in my rotation of Chinese food. I think it's something I've never gotten before, which is the Happy Family. Because for those of you who don't know, the Happy Family consists of shrimp, crab meat, chicken, pork, and vegetables. And all a mom and dad that are sold. And a mother and father. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and a, a night around the television watching your favorite family sitcom. <laughs> And a live chat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, mm, yes. Yeah. Happy family. Yeah. Happy family. Happy family. Um, um, but uh, but going back uh, to your philosophy, though, I think that like that feels like a very like kind of improv-y way of looking at ideas too, right? Because kind of the same thing where it's like the ideas of are of the group of like the adding on, right? So, and not of just like the one individual yes, like, loan idea, right? Mm, yeah. Right. Yes. So even the baby understands this, though. Mm. Like that's what I've learned about fatherhood. Like. If we want to feed her, she's not into it. She has to want to be fed mm. in order for it to happen. We can't force anything on her. We have to like even trick her into believing something's her idea. Mm. Well, that like, that will take you so you know only so far when she gets older. But that is good to learn and know now when you're parenting. Yeah, as you know, 100%. she grows. Yeah, yeah. I also will say that. I never really thought about it, what it's like to be a baby before hmm. this. And it's like, so I actually had this thought independently, but I've been reading this insanely good book, also sitting right next to me, called The First Bad Man by Miranda July. Okay. Oh. Um, and she wrote the exact same sentence I had been thinking of, but a baby's life is like a horror film, which is in that, like, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. There's giants standing over them who's speaking a foreign language, <laughs> putting body parts in them. Um, we sometimes stick a little, like, rectal thermometer uh, up the baby's butt. Um, this is childhood trauma. A, yeah, we put a thing called a windy up the baby's butt oh. if it can't poop. Mm-hmm. And it gets, it extracts poop. It's wild. Like, the baby has no idea what's going on. And also... And it, and it, so Miranda July expounded upon that. The baby doesn't even have the vocabulary to explain horror or film. Right. Has never seen anything. Has no concept of anything other than the womb. It's insane to me. And it's also sort of like prison, too. Like, the baby has zero free will mm. other than when things are her choice. Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, we're like... The, the guards, everything. She can't do anything she really wants or even has a comprehensive understanding of wants other than looking at a mobile mm-hmm. and enjoys the feeling of soft. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Now, I just, I just want to see like a version of Shawshank Redemption but with a baby. <laughs> it's like Morgan Freeman's voice over. It's just saying, and there I was in the crib. But I guess at this stage, she's also the biggest harm to herself. You have to be there mm-hmm. to protect her. And because of all the stuff, she does not know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So, like, she is on a changing table that we bought, and she could literally, she has no concept of death mm-hmm. or danger. Mm-hmm. She could literally 
roll right over all the time. Yeah, that's why those have buckles, like seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Some people strap their babies in. <laughs> yes, it's weird to strap your baby to... I'm there. I'm looking forward to seeing what um, father baby content of sketches come out of your new life experiences or whatever you're pondering these days. Yeah. Well, I have a few. Um, The one I I filmed, but my wife doesn't really want the baby to be on anything. Mm. That's I get it. It's more that it's about consent or the baby's permission, but was me explaining very esoteric things like two-factor authentication, like in great detail. (laughs) (laughs) Adorable. I just want to back up for a bit and go to, um, I just had a question. When you were talking about um, the device that will send you notifications for if the baby like pees, poops, that does all these things. Do you think that is, um, or I mean, as baby tech develops, that's harmful to like the parents now missing uh, behavioral cues or uh, studying the baby's body language because now a device is going to be doing everything? Well, that's a great point. I actually did not think that um, rather, rather than just being attentive you're relying on tech to, to solve your problem. That's a great point. Um, I think that's definitely possible. But the baby does not like it, the, the smart diaper. Mm-hmm. Because they, she knows. She, yeah, I don't know if she knows. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> what is this, an eye diaper? Yeah. I'm not going to buy into your Apple regime. <laughs> right, yeah. It's more like... It's not that she knows, it's more like there's this half oval thing on the front of it, kind of heavy, that like she has to carry, essentially. Hmm. And I don't think she enjoyed pick that on every time. Uh, this and once we got through the diaper, it felt like a relief because it was another one where it was like, are we being cruel right now? <laughs> it, it certainly felt that way. Mm-hmm. But, it, the smart diaper also tracks like when the baby needs to nap, which another behavioral cue miss out on. Um, and uh, it's it's constantly monitoring the baby's like it needs to be fed. Just it's tracking the heart rate, body ah. temp. Like it's it's pretty cool. Like you you do worry of everything, like the baby doing thing that's like really unhealthy. It was kind of nice to have that. Like I'm okay, sure. The, yeah, I'm sure that's a relief, a huge relief to first-time parents. Yeah, I can't. Like, that's the whole, the thing that I, I'm just like, yeah, communication. I'm just like, how do you know what it wants? How do you know? Like, I have a cat for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had it for three months now, but it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this is way easier than a baby. Like, I can tell, like, she'll meow. She tells me, like, a cat's also smart, but you're living with a different, cre- like, it's just the language and the, you're also like yeah you're calling the shots like you're deciding this baby's true i was gonna say future but no it's a little dramatic i don't know i feel like owning a pet pretty similar (laughs) to owning a baby yeah Hmm. yeah they both get collars (laughs) (laughs) it's uh i think it's just as hard like i don't want to um, because you can't really ever truly communicate with your cat in a like more 
in a year pretty much be able to express their needs. Yeah, yeah, right. Knowing rather than like a cat meowing. What the hell did you do? I don't know. Yeah, um, a ba- yeah, a baby will express. Uh, yeah, I mean, they both express their needs and wants. I think very. Um, I mean, that when I got a cat, like the just a, a main thing was like a friend was just like, yeah, just pay attention, pay attention. They'll tell you what you want or what they need or whatever. And you're like, as long as you do not neglect <laughs> the cat, the baby, the dog, the parrot, whatever. Like, you gotta just care for it. It's just love, care. And you know it helps if you have money. Yeah, everything. So let's just pivot because I just want to jump into. I know I moved my arm. People can't. Let's <laughs> all pivot on the audio podcast. Um, so we know to fill people in wherever you're listening. Um, we know Matt through our writer's room. Brennan holds a writer's room. We write sketches. We do all these fun things. You were recommended to us by uh, Stan. Stan. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I was, ma- I was making sure I didn't want to say the wrong, but yeah, Stan's also, I love Stan. He's yeah. funny. Um, which, yeah. So we, we've already been lucky to, um, like here because I, I also want to know what else you're doing in your life creatively so we've been fortunate enough to like hear your sketches hopefully one day produce more you know produce some with you and film them and everything I know you have um with your wife you guys put videos online like the thing the, the last one I'm just thinking of is the because it was also in an SNL sketch but you guys did a different version of the um AMC opener mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. Nicole Kidman <laughs> And then used it, you know, I got it as a monologue, which I was like, oh, that's so clever. That's such a good idea. So, um, yeah, what is, um, no, wait, I was going to, oh my God, my brain's all over the place. Um, I want to know, what, why, how? I want to know what's uh, new with you or what you're writing or want to do creatively, what's in the future in store, whatever. But before we go there, take me to the beginning. Baby Matt. Little, yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> only Baby Matt, not toddler Um, Yes, young Matt, where was his fascination with comedy? Where did that come from? How did that start? Oh my God, I feel like I'm on WTF. This is great. <laughs> yeah, you are, okay? We're really pissed off because we're 59 years old, all right? <laughs> yeah, Jews. Angry Jews with a cat. Well, I guess you guys added together is probably like 59 years old. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brendan carries yeah. the weight of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so young. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Um. Yes. I feel like I, I said this before. I don't know if it's a hundred percent true. I think in like '95 or '96, my dad was watching SNL, and I watched with him. I remember. Ana Carvey and Farrell like a doc, hmm. but I've never been able to track down the sketch. Oh. I think they're fiction. and I'm pretty sure it's like young George Bush and old George Bush. Hmm. But I don't know if that tracks because like I don't think Farrell was playing Bush at the time. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't all make sense. But at, from that point on, I was just like, oh my god, I want to be a part of this. Hmm. So from there, I just became obsessed with. SNL mostly and The Simpsons as a kid. <laughs> uh, like 
super obsessed. So much so that I would like troll my teacher, like singing sketches in class. Her name's Georgia Hire. (laughs) Do you remember? Do you guys remember the sketches? One of my all-time favorites. They hire a wedding band, um, and they only know part of a song, and they just play it. Oh yes, yeah. I. I just died in your... Oh, my God. Wow, I have not thought of that sketch in a while. And they don't know any of the rest of the song. Yeah. Me and I think my friend Casey, uh, in fifth grade, we used to do that in class over and over and over. Wait, who is in that? Who is in that sketch? I think it's Horatio Sands, who has done some awful things. Um, (laughs) Like, like, like as a a person or project-wise? As a person. Oh really? Uh, if you if you want a deep dive that'll kind of upset you into your comedy past, give Horatio Sands Google and then it news and you'll be upset. Oh. Um, but I love that sketch. And we'd sing it in class, and I would I trolled the teacher so much, like with uh, what was the other thing I said? Oh, I she said she hated Silence of the Lambs, so I would always say, "Can we read Silence of the Lambs?" And not funny, but I, I probably did that a hundred times. <laughs> and I got so many laughs that I was like, oh my God, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fifth grade. And then by seventh grade, everyone was tired of my shtick. This kid in my school named Jordan Ong that I remember in fifth grade when you were funny. I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe I'm a has-been at 13. <laughs> That's funny. It's very sad. Oh, sorry. We're supposed uh, to power. Sorry. Uh, we're, we're still here, Matt. We're just in the dark, if you know. Yeah. But that's why, that's why we decided to do FaceTime and not Zoom, because I had a feeling we'd lose power. So I've been on data. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's crazy, because our block is usually the one that loses power, but it, it hasn't rained that hard today. Yeah, so, it hasn't been bad. Yeah, but this is live. This is real. It's really happened. It's for all you people who have ever lost power out there. We're here with you. <laughs> okay. The phone still works though. Yes. So okay. So fifth grader who's amusing. So many people already being so funny. You did you just carry that throughout middle school, high school, college? Were you a clown everywhere? I lost it in seventh grade. Oh my god. My my my, uh, my my kid in my class, Jordan Ong, said I used to be funny, and I I was like a has been. So got to high school, and then I crushed throughout high school. <laughs> uh, I actually started doing stand up freshman year of high school. Oh, with my dad. <laughs> Wait, together? Not together. We would go to. I was going to say, was this like ventriloquist acts? Like, what would you, what do you mean together? But okay, separately, you each did, <laughs> <Ventriloquist. laughs> yes, yes. You each did separate sets. I'd go up, he'd go up. But we took a class, and um, we took it with this guy named Tony Visich, who's kind of like well-known in Arizona. In fact, he actually is the guy who like taught Michael Longfellow, who's on SNL now. Okay. Oh. Um, hmm. He uh, he roasted my grandpa at like the showcase show. At the, <laughs> he called him horse fish. Oh, <laughs> God. I don't know really what grandpa mean. looks like, but 
I feel really bad. I, I somehow end up bringing that up every podcast. <laughs> Keeping that story alive. Continued thread. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you or your dad give each other pointers? Or like even when you sucked, you were like, oh, it's all right, sport. Your Get dad? him next time. <laughs> yeah. My dad uh, is bald. And I came up with his opener, which is, I know what you people are thinking. Cut your hair, you tape, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I, that's great. Um, my stand-up was bad. Um, <laughs> I did this thing called strip comedy, which was if the audience didn't like a joke, I would take off a piece of clothing oh. to make them laugh. And I said, if you guys don't laugh, we could all be sex offenders. Oh Wait, how far did you get? How I think I got my boxers a lot. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you just need an excuse to be on stage with just your <laughs> yeah. boxers? Right, yeah. It was all just a... And that's how you met your wife. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and then after, after that, in school, I was uh, at a new school. I would sit that not a lot of people from my middle school went to. And once again, I, I peaked freshman year. I was very funny. Then junior year, I think I I was hosting the pep rally for my school. And I wore my pants off, not for strip comedy, for a bit. And the entire school saw... I exposed myself to the entire school. <gasps> oh my God. No, you didn't. Like, well, I guess it was half the school. So it was like... 800 kids. Wait, it was outside or inside? It was an indoor auditorium pep rally. So what was the temperature? (laughs) (laughs) It was room temp. Oh, okay. All right. Quite a bit. At least it was room temp. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, that's wild. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. Where do you go from rally. Um, I solidified like my cult status as like the funny guy at school with a very dumb joke. I said, I don't know why I said this. I said when when Jesus comes back, I hope he brings Tupac with him. <laughs> Not really that funny, but man, the entire school erupted. <laughs> it was like it was like someone was speaking a different language. It was crazy. Wow. After that, I was like the big man on campus. Oh, uh, what do you think is because it was just relevant topic? Rel- I don't like know. It's just the... it, I was like, I could never top it. Like that, people knew me for that. Like, wow. It's nice all four years, it was yeah. wild. Then in college, uh, I sort of stopped doing stand-up and I ran a sketch show uh, all four years of college. Nice. That was pretty fun. And after that, I got back into stand-up. So I do have one pretty legit connection. My cousin was John Mulaney. Wow. John Mulaney's uh, man. And, like, Nick Kroll yeah. and Ellen Kemper and his, his... And she, like, if you really want to make it, you got to start doing stand-up more instead of sketch so you can actually, like, see how audiences respond mm. to your material, figure out what's funny. So I did that. And uh, I did stand-up in New York for pretty much up until the pandemic from 2013 until March 2020. Mm. 
and I was working at Caroline's as the assistant to the manager. Mm-hmm. Like it was all up and up, and then pandemic happened. I started focusing back up again, and uh, I wrote a play. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote a movie. Uh, I've written quite like five screenplays. And uh, I guess that brings me to the future, writing another screenplay. Wow, fantastic. I've got like a thousand ideas. It's annoying. There's always like stuff to do. I'm editing a short, uh, making mashups. It's just, you know. I have to ask, what is, um, what do you enjoy like one or the other? Like, or I mean, I know the process is different between stand up and sketch. Like, what are the components of each that you're like, oh, this is my, like, favorite, or I love it when it's in this groove, or... Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do stand-up, too, or no? I did for about a year, yeah. Yeah. No, but fuck that, no. I I enjoyed it for sure. People did not believe when I first went up that it was my first time. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I, like I was just great. So then I stopped because I was already great. No, I'll tell you why I stopped. It was so um, I, everything I did was story format and it was all about my, uh, upbringing with an Iranian family. So it was all stories about my dad or like just weird shit. He, you know, he made us bury our teeth in the backyard, but we lived in a condo and it's not our yard. And we did like, <laughs> you know, no. Normal stories. <laughs> like the way he would act if he was like in a, you know, in a nursing home, what, what would happen and be pretending to be in a phone call, whatever, like, so it was just toying with that. There's definitely some shows I brought up in Urn, um, because I had bits <laughs> with people were, you know, yeah, wondering, I didn't tell them if there was like ashes in there or not, but it was like different, it was experimentation. Um, but it was, it was heavily everywhere I was, I was one of the only girls. So it was like heavily male dominated heavily. So I like d- doing like, just, you know, doing it for, such a short period of time I just knew that oh I get it it's a click just like anything else people are going to pass you along if they like you and if you're blah 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 it doesn't matter like what material you have or what you have to and I just I just didn't like the people it was just so depressing it was just so people stand-ups were very like like in their feelings and like sad or pathetic like I get it their work and like I met and still talk to people now who are uh, stand-up comedians and are very talented and are great and love watching them figure things out. And they do, it's very entertaining. Um, but there's something with like improv where collaborating with other people, I enjoyed more than being on my own for stand-up and sketch. So it was yeah. Yeah, a different beast. Yeah, no, I, I'm with that. Brandon, what about you? Uh, yes, I did stand-up for a little bit. I like, I like it fine, um, but I think I... Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, like, uh, I liked the group stuff, too, a little bit more, and, I don't know, I, I feel like the idea of, like, writing, like, a, a, like, I feel, in a weird way, and I mean, this is, like, why some stand-ups like doing it, I feel, like, narcissistic writing jokes for myself, I, like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I feel like I, I enjoy, like, the idea of, like, I'm gonna write this and someone else will get to say, or someone else will, will be able to say instead of me, so, like, do you, so do you prefer to write for yourself, or do you prefer to write for other voices? I think other voices as well. Yeah. Um, after a while, I felt gross being the center of attention. Uh. Like, I was just like, I don't want to like ask people to come see me over and over and 
I reached a point where I was producing a bunch of shows. I was, oh God, I keep asking the same people to come see like the same comedians. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. But um, for terms of pure standup, I do love in the moment and freewheeling it can be as opposed to, um, I think even improv has a lot of restraints because you have to stay on game mm-hmm. and you have to be present with the other performers. With stand-up, you can make any rule, any time, anything's fair game, whereas with improv, you really, people say it's like as free as can be, but improv is sort of like shackling you a bit too. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. establish this, and now we have to continue finding beats within this premise and not go to quote-unquote crazy town mm-hmm. and ruin the flow that we've established. So as fun as improv is, it's also very stressful. Yeah. Um, whereas with stand-up, even if you're bombing, you can abandon your act and start riffing and having fun. True, mm-hmm. true, but, very true. Uh, you can just have as much fun as, as you want. So like... If, if you don't want to have fun up there, you won't. Um, if you want to be up there and respect your tweets, like uh, <laughs> you're, you're not going to have much fun. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's really people respond to comedians that have fun. Uh, case in point, Kevin Hart, not funny. Um, but <laughs> having so much fun. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Like, he's, he's having more fun than anyone else. It's it's a joy to watch, even if he's <laughs> the worst writer of all time. Yeah. Um, well, I guess so. That's kind of the connectivity between improv and stand up is the audience. It's the energy in the room. So they're feeding off of you. You're feeding off of them, and you still have to um, improv if you're with a troupe or whatever. You're feeding off of each other, but it's. Um, I would agree with that. I'm glad you just brought that up because yeah, I definitely feel that way watching stand up sometimes where I'm like. If they're having a good time and enjoying themselves, you're just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm down with this, I'm doing whatever. But if they are, if it's just the air is stagnant, if there's just something, whatever that icky feeling is, and you're like, oh, this dude's got to get off the stage. Like, this is not, he looks like he's being, and people are, but that's the thing, that's why I applaud stand-ups, because you guys get to a point where you are more than comfortable to bomb. You, I mean, you have to get to certain, because you're, your your face i'm trying to read it you have to get into to certain points so you can test your limit you have to test what joke works what doesn't work well blah 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 you're coming up with shit on the spot too um but you guys are like fine with i mean I, yeah i've just seen certain stand-ups where i'm just like oh yeah he's just but it just gets annoying when pe- they don't like drop it and move on They'll keep drilling it, drilling it, drilling it, and they're like, "Yeah, nah, dude, it's dead in the room. You're not getting a lot. Like that's like it's it's like fine. Accept that. Accept that. You just like this one didn't work. Drop it. Move on. Go to the next thing. And that, but they don't. They're so tethered to it. I guess that's the thing. That's yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, a comic has so much pride usually that they they have to win, hmm. even if it's material and working. Um, it's the wrong mindset for sure like you should you should let the the audience sort of kind of dictate the direction you head in i'm I'm sure i don't know if you guys did this but i never really ever wrote a set list before i got to a room Mm. it was more like once i was there i was like okay i'm gonna try 
this old material, bring this new bit in, just based on the vibe of the room, rather than have like a set in mind because you never really know. And then there's also the thing where if you go up like eighth or ninth on a mm-hmm. show or mm-hmm. you know seventieth and a really huge mic, you're constantly revising your set if someone mm-hmm. has a similar premise or uh, even has a similar structure structure like oh I can't do this rule of threes bit because someone did something that was so close mm, yeah, yeah sounds like I'm stealing from them well um, see that's a, I never ran into that trouble because no one else had Iranian girl per, like Persian <laughs> nobody else was talking about this I would always ask if there was some other Iranian in the crowd and there never was except probably one <laughs> I think there was one at like um cafe show or whatever the one mm. that Jordan was producing but yeah <laughs> wow. you need to get out of Jersey friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, are, there are definitely a ton in Jersey there are, well that's, I'm saying like it would be totally different yeah if I did this stuff in LA yeah Matt uh, so you live in or New York or Rams. what or Iran. Or Iran. Oh yeah, let yeah. me let me yes. just work on that. Let me yeah, 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 let me get over to that country. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. let me get my hijab first. <laughs> Fucking stupid piece of shit regime. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. I'm not yeah, sorry. Where's the Shaw? Where's the Shaw yeah. right now? Shaw, we know you're listening to Sessions of Mary Jane. So first off, thank you for subscribing. But fuck you. Yeah, Kubi, Chitari, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, Fucking Bosh. <laughs> Matt, um, how long have you lived in New York for? I moved here in August 2013. Okay, and then where were you before that? Wait, 20, what's that? Say that again? August 2013, in uh, August 2013 and before Phoenix my whole life oh how was growing up in Phoenix Uh, it was a hot woman (laughs) (laughs) that should be on the billboard outside of welcome to Phoenix it's a hot one baby I don't know I love it I still do I didn't really know it didn't feel as conservative as it does post-Trump. Mm. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Now that I know everyone that I grew up with was conservative, it like checks out. Uh, but back then it was just like we were all just middle school and, and their parents were nice. And I, I didn't notice there was like this underbelly of conservatism that just existed there the whole time. Well, is to it because you were a child, right? You're not paying att- you're not paying attention to that stuff as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like they were just to me, everyone just like uh, slightly. I would I grew up in like a, a middle class that was right, not upper middle, but like in between middle and upper middle. So it was like. I don't even know what to call that. Like, lower upper middle? Lower upper middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> like, we weren't super rich, but, you know, we just went hungry. Mm. Um, but I, I do think that most of my neighborhood probably voting for Bush or Ron or uh, Bob Dole. Mm. Do you so, have family there? Still? Like, I, do you have a reason to go yeah. back? Yeah, uh, my dad is a stockbroker, and my mom worked for uh, Native Health Profit, 
and my brother's a realtor up there. And my other brother moved to Austin. He lived in New York for a while. And he writes a very popular crypto newsletter. Ooh, cool. What's it called? Milk Road. Milk Road, cool. Yeah. Why Milk Road? I think it's a play on the Silk Road. Mm-hmm. But there's a phrase, which it might have to do with the phrase, by the dip. Ah, oh, okay. look up and understand the Which is what dips you buy it. But he is, because there's a lot of crop between crypto and comedy, he uh, is good friends with Hassan Minaj. Uh-huh. And um, there's another guy he's very good friends with. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he's a run Rami. Yeah. Um, when you said that there's a, there's a lot of crossover between crypto and comedy, do you just mean that there's a lot of like crypto based comedy, or like they're similar in certain ways? There is that, yeah. There's a lot of crypto based comedy for sure, which feels like a little bit, and that the message is the medium mm-hmm. essentially. But um, TJ Miller, brother, texts all the time, mm-hmm. and TJ Miller, if you want to Google it. Or, Mm-hmm. And look up news. You'll find. Oh yeah, yeah. we know TJ Miller. We know about yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he and my brother text all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. TJ Miller and your brother text all the time. All the time. Wow. Yeah. So TJ Miller and Hassan Minaj and uh, this guy who I was supposed to meet that writes for Rami. But they're all just like crypto nuts. They yeah. love it. And my brother's like sort of a leading authority on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What would you say is the best comedy happening right now? Like in terms of like TV or movie, like something you've seen maybe? Just like what's like doing it right? I mean, I consume so much comedy mm-hmm. that it's insane. Uh, two things that I really, really like that I saw recently are this independent movie, uh, the director had done Florida prop that was Matt on, mm-hmm. but he directed a movie that came out last year that was like criminally underseen and is maybe top five funniest features I've ever seen. Uh, it, it feels like a seventies slice of life and like five easy pieces, the last detail, uh, network, but it's called red rock. About oh a, yes have you heard about it yeah, yeah, yeah. you've seen it yeah you're talking to film people yes of course it's so good i enjoyed red rocket i did i was not about it in the beginning where i was just like all right what is this mm. happening like this is just a porn or whatever and then i'm just like hmm i watched the whole thing and i was like <laughs> i get my attention and i was like yeah no i'm i'm about it i was crying laughing like i hated the main character he does horrible yes things. yes it, it's sort of like Eastbound and Down or um, the Focus Way, the Danny Bride archetype, but he's so awful and self-centered and sabotages these very kind people that he moves in with. But every step of the way, I was like, this is hysterical. It's it's brilliant. I was like crying laughing. <laughs> well, the lead actor, um, if you want to 
I'm like his name's escaping me. For Red Rock, yes, I was just about to say when I saw him in Scary Movie Four was probably the first thing I saw him in, and I just I was when I found out he was him, I was like, oh my god, okay, how is he going to portray this character? Because he was just he was just funny. He was just such a funny. Or he was also in Scary Movie Three or something, or quite a few of them. Yeah. But um, he was just so entertaining, and it just made me like think about that. I was like, ah, Scary Movie, good times. Um. But yeah, he was yeah, uh, Simon Rex. Is his oh name. yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a no, that's a good pick. Yeah, which like considering you consume so much comedy, like how percentage wise, how much of it do you, would you say that you laugh out loud at when you watch it? Well, I was it was weird. I was so hard at Red Rocket. I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I'm sure you guys are the, where you're just that was clever. Yeah. Wait, are you usually a laugh out loud person though, or are you somebody who does like it really has to get you, or you're somebody who will easily laugh at things, or you keep your laughter inside? Because there's some people who find shit funny, and it's the funniest things to them, but they keep it inside. They do not really show emotion. I mean, a lot of the faith that my daughter does make me laugh out. Yeah. Aww. So primal. And <laughs> <laughs> she has no filter, like nothing. Everything she does, so real. Laugh, really. Aww. Like well, she'll jump crying to pure joy at the flip of a, a, a sketch. Like she'll put the saddest face ever into having actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's very also like incredibly fun um but for the most part yeah I, i'm sure you guys feel uh, like you watch scripted tell or uh or stand up having written so much as you got uh, oh yeah an idea before i've run that place or i see the beats that you're trying yeah um there, there are comedians that always work. My wife and I were watching uh, in SNL today, um, 97, and I was laughing hysterically at monologue. It's like, he's so incredible. Martin Short? Uh, he's so... He said, um, mm. like, perfect narc. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super perfect. <laughs> really, you know, kind of take... But the, oh, you're breaking uh, up a little. But um, the other thing that really, really important um, recently that I had that I feel like fell under did not really make me laugh, but really kind of blew my mind. Did you guys catch the beat they know that? We didn't watch it no, yet. No. You're talking about it? his film? It's, his, or, no, not. Oh, the premise, oh, no, right? Oh, oh. The yeah, 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 I watched. I, yeah, I watched a couple episodes of that. It's just like it's kind of oh, like a, it's an anthology show. show. Yeah, and like I think yeah. right, the general idea is right. Each one like starts off with like some kind of like very like high concept premise, and then like the and then it, it just follows like the fallout from that, or essentially what happens. Show? Yeah, I think so. Right? He, right? Oh, I thought he just had a movie. I didn't know he had a show. It's it's through it. Uh, wait, wait, you're you're breaking up. Sorry. Oh, I don't know if our connection's bad or your connection's bad. Oh, is it? I don't know who's. I don't know whose it is. All I know is it's staticky. Um, 
But anyway, it's got. Wait, I had to write that down. I had to write that down so I can watch that. The show? Yeah, it's good. No, it's it's good. It's how long? Uh, they're half an hour or twenty minute maybe. No, how long is the? Is it just like a limited series? Is one or he's like? Is it five mm, you, episodes? You never know how limited a limited series is until <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> Not so limited, limited series. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I, I think going back to your point though about like the like not laughing out loud. I do. I I I I definitely like feel like similarly to you. Just because like you, it's one of the things where like once you like know how like structure of anything works, it's like not that you don't enjoy it. The sa- like you don't enjoy it the same way yet. Like like you definitely don't enjoy it. And like because you're not as like you know what it is. It's like when you don't know the structure of something like like a show or a movie or you know whatever you're watching it's easier to be surprised by it. and that's like a big factor with comedy is like it doesn't have to like be like like shock value or like shocking necessarily it can be but like in some way the like comedy does have to surprise you and that's like the ones that kind of can still go and still write original stuff is because they either like really like can lead you down a path that really just like makes you feel like you don't know where you're going and then like they come out at the end and and they do say something kind of funny or surprising. Well, that's why SNL doesn't make me laugh anymore. Yeah, yeah what do you think? Because, like, certain sketches have already been done so many times, yeah. and then they just, like... Matt, what, what do you think about the current state of SNL right now? Oh, we're going to have this conversation. Well, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, to be honest, but... We can, and, and people will listen. As they're seeing, this is an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> I think they are spiraling it way but you know i love reinvention um i think it's really cool that they have out but by hiring just stand-ups mm-hmm. they're really limiting themselves like i was thinking today next week brendan Gleeson is gonna act alongside andrew dismeet <laughs> e johnson like they're not actors yeah. they're not even really that funny. Mm. They're fine, but like the true, I think there's only one, there's two really right now that aren't one. Um, even Bo and Yang, I think, is a bit you know, mm. as funny as he can be. I, no, um, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree I think with that. Heidi <laughs> Gardner and Austin Johnson like have it, mm. but everyone else. When Cecily Strong comes back for sure. Yeah. Huge. But like Wait, what? She's still Oh yeah, show? wait, where's Cecily Strong? She is doing one woman show in LA. Oh okay. Oh, I don't understand. Is <laughs> she still part of SNL? She's not she didn't yeah, yeah. Ever, like leave or any <laughs> What is so confusing? <laughs> what 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 <laughs> I guess the paycheck. Yeah. I mean, I still think Michael Che and Colin right too. Mm. Uh Think we can I like Michael Shea. I love Michael Shea. But, like, I don't know. Oh, I like Sarah. Well, Who? Sarah Squirt. Sarah uh, Sherman? I, oh, yeah. Who's Sarah yeah. Sherman? She's the one that she was on. Like, she came on to the Weekend Update a, a couple times last uh, last season. I think she's yeah. like. One still... of the short black hair? Yeah, yeah, uh, gotcha, yeah. 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 See, I don't even know who they are. I don't know their names, yeah. their faces. I have to learn. <laughs> I, you know, I, I really thought they were setting her up to be like on the weekend update, like desk. And like maybe that is like the long term plan. But like, I thought that the stuff that she was doing was like some of like the best stuff they they, they had done on Weekend Update in a little while. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember the football sketch? Which one? Football sketch. 
No, meatball. Oh, meatball sketch? Yeah, From it's wild. Last year. Meatball is a bonkers. I, uh, I I'm assuming we like we watched almost the entire season last year, so I don't I don't remember the meatball sketch. No, I'm gonna have to look it up. I believe she had meatball growth or meat to talk. <laughs> it's very strange, but it's like wow! I can't believe the show is doing something so weird. Like in the first half of the show. Right. Well, yeah, is that where they have to pull from now? But they're like, all right, we got to do something shocky or weird or absurd or like it. I don't know. I think um, someone put it really well on Twitter today. Like, SNL's final tour is like just brand advertising. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But yeah. now it's ad. Yeah, this past episode, AMC. Ad, yes, uh, yes, McDonald's, yeah, Charmin, the Be Real app, yep, mm-hmm. it's all kind of like course bits. Like, sure, I mean, I don't really think any sketch was that good, but usually the one winner, I guess, the cold with like the parrying of the show was mm-hmm. fun, but felt too inside. I don't think it was mm-hmm. rewarding. You were just like us. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, I just felt wrong. I would just counter, okay. is it because we're in a world of branding? Everything <clears throat> is about branding. More than it's ever been because of, you know, social media and such and such. But every even like any company is like... I don't know. I just feel like that is uh, more prevalent than it than ever it's been more I, I mean I don't know maybe it's because I work in PR but it's, <laughs> I feel like so much is branding so much is your market so much like even a person now we've had people equated to a brand it's a stand-up comedian it's like what's your brand what's your thing what do you mean what's my brand nobody asked Eddie Murphy what's his brand I should mention point that promo code that off um <laughs> Uh, that's right. Hit that promo code. Hit that promo code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to a brand. He's not a real dad. Yeah, he's just a brand. Guys, if you hold your phone to the, the whatever device you're listening to right now, and you scan the QR code in the air, it'll take you to uh, the uh, bonus content. Baby. Yeah, also brand. his daughter's yeah. brand site. Yeah. Well, listen, one day, one day, babies will just come out of the womb with QR codes on them. All right. Ooh. <laughs> you just speak something to into existence. That's dangerous. That's how people can internally track their child. That's how you'll be able to track if you have any sickness or disease happening inside your body. Yeah. Just oh yeah, your QR code. Well, honestly, like you, like you were saying the thing before about the smart diapers and like how, like all the things that, like other than the poop and the, the pee. Yeah, no, because I'm like, wait, shouldn't all adults probably wear smart diapers? Not for the poop, poop, and pee, 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 poop, and pee. I would say I would say old people in a nursing home though but, but, who can't take care of themselves anymore that would also be but helpful. Also, to like them. The, the data like if there was a, a thing that you could, I guess that's just like a smart watch, right? Your shit. Yeah, like if there's like what like, they did with Putin's when those guys would come in and put it in a suitcase. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Putin <laughs> where he poops, so people don't. Um, he doesn't like leave it in the toilet. He has guys that come get it and they put it in his uh, suitcase so that they can like analyze the de- data. Wow, they, they put poop. <laughs> they put poop in a. 
That you can say is like your favorite cast or like the definitively the funniest cast? Oh my god, easy and I'm answer. Yeah, I would say like 95 to 99. That's just what I said. But I mean, like 86 to 90 is probably funnier. Mm-hmm. But love, there's, you can't beat Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon, Sherry yes. Meadows, on a gas tire, Chris Kattan, Daryl Hammond. Mm. Uh, Mark McKinney for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so good. And then you get like Fallon and for that run, who I thought were like great at the time. I still think Tina Fey is like so, so funny. Mm-hmm. As ever. But yeah, 95 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it also, when I just think about them, I also think about how versatile they are. Versa- like how. Um, just diverse with their characters and also how they have writer's brain. Like, they were in the writer's room. They had, like, they were coming up with things that were, you know, multifaceted or intricate. Like, some, it was a different, you didn't know what to expect. And I would be like, I mean, I've said this to Brendan before, but the Jeopardy, when they had Jeopardy and he played Alex Trebek, it doesn't matter any clip. Like, in Sean Connery, it's just like, yes, those were also, like, celebrity impressions and everything, but you're, t- like, they, and they repeated the game show concept, obviously, so many times, and they had that before Jeopardy, but just something about, like, it, it cr- oh, my God, cracked me up. Like, so, old, like, uh, they had people that were just genuinely funny they weren't boxed in or like put in a corner for oh you can only play this one part they really showed their reach and it proves because after snl they did so many amazing things in their career you'd so many of them in great films i don't really know if you get that with snl people anymore well i think pete davidson sort of saved ruined the show because he was so successful like People watched because of him, mm-hmm. but now they like exclusively hire quote unquote original voices over like chameleons. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you find people like Eddie Gardner who are like so funny and infuse real depth into character. And they're more like, all right, we need more. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, Michael Longfellow, Freddie, you're like, oh, this guy is going to go on Weekend Update and do stand-up mm-hmm. rather than actually act and make each scene feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a different type of body. Yeah. I mean, like also, did, last thing I'll say is they hire people that look the same as Melissa. <laughs> that girl who is recently the new cast that looks like Melissa McCarthy or A.D. Ryan, yeah, you're yeah. saying, or I mean, she's the most recent example. And then they had that everyone was talking, which I had no idea people were saying this on Twitter because I don't have Twitter. 
But when I watched, because uh, I watched it on Sunday, the SNL episode, I, I don't say it that way, but <laughs> I just watched it and I really did sincerely think that was um, Pete Davidson doing blackface. And then I found out it was a, di- or he, like Jordan was saying like, no, it's a different person. And I was like, for a split second, I was like, cause they can't, there's no way SNL would do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, they're literally just hiring people that look like that. <laughs> They do, for sure. They have a type. They have a type. Lauren Michaels has a type. Yeah. Irish it's cyclical. They want to just keep everyone feeling familiar and comfortable, even if they're new. Yeah, well, uh, do you think Lauren Michaels should just hand it off to you, Matt? You want to just start doing it? You've got the young perspective. Is it because Lauren Michaels is old and set in his ways? People like comfort. Is that why? Man, he's, I honestly think, the greatest comedic behind this genius ever mm-hmm. wow. obsessed with him wow. uh, I would love to do that but there's no way that I would be able to replicate or run something at his level uh, even when the show's bad I still think there is some value to it mm-hmm. but it, it's such a water we're talking about it in season 48 yeah, yeah. I know. insane so long, yeah it's still the hottest show on TV, 48 years deep. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Gotta keep uh, it fire for the next generations. Gotta keep it Yeah, going. I mean, the play that I wrote was actually about season six of SNL. I'm, I'm so upset. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you guys are familiar with the year that he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They brought in Gene Domanian to run mm-hmm. the show, and they fired her after 15 episodes. But my, my play is about her exiting the theater. Um, that's interesting she I mean no one can do what he did like Dick Ebersol took over for like four years and he was doing a pale imitation like I don't think anyone could quite pull it off like he has the, the Midas touch mm-hmm. um, I, I love everything that he does however sometimes he does baffle me I've said it before and I'll say it and I don't get Keenan. Mm-hmm. I do not get Mikey Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea why he keeps bringing them back. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's his thing. I'm just... Yeah, you're just along for the ride. Just a guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you're not just a guy. You're Matt Levy on our podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll end the SNL combo there. I'll hand off to you, Brendan, if there's anything else you wanted to um, add. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to get... So I, I was just kind of curious, though. Like, like clearly you are uh, you are very well-practiced in writing and, and like, seem to enjoy it. So, like, what are the parts yeah. of writing that you like the most and what are the parts that you despise the most? Oh, man. You guys always have the two-parters. That's right. We <laughs> like options and All right, polarity. Third part, you're <laughs> neutral about. <laughs> Like, I like when it's done. I'm neutral in the middle, and I hate all writing. Uh, I love when the idea flows. Like, it's a flow state. Like, you write it in one fell swoop, and then it's done, and you're like, I don't even remember writing that. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the best part of writing, for sure. Like, Does that um, happen often? What's that? Does that happen often for you? Sometimes. Oh, that's it's not, it's not that often, but it's not like super rare. 
but like I was telling you guys about a sketch that I wrote mm-hmm. that Brendan would be great in. It just flowed out at me. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was like an out of body experience. But so I can't believe I just put all that on paper. And like I read it with my wife, and I was I was like laughing out loud at my writing. I was like, I can't believe I wrote a line that. Mm-hmm. Like, it surprised me. It was very. It was just like you feel of, so accomplished. There's nothing better. But then like. The worst part of writing is when you have like a half idea that you know you like, oh, but yes. as a film teacher of mine, that you can't quite bridge the gap. Mm. So I have a Twitter draft document that's 150 pages of sketches, screenplay ideas, uh, fragments of dialogue, ideas that don't really go anywhere, just like unfinished stuff. Uh-huh. And it just bugs me that I can't quite connect the dots and bridge what's in my head to communicate it to others. Yeah. Someone once, I, can't, I forget what I heard, someone said that writing is like uh, long-form telepathy. Like, mm-hmm. I come up with an idea, and then, you know, maybe years later, you and you're in my brain. But it's like a very polished, rehearsed version of my thought. Or, or sometimes it's a flow state, and it just comes out perfectly. But... Uh, definitely the struggle of conveying an idea that you really want to make happen is probably my favorite part of writing. Uh, neutral part of writing is when that idea comes up and you're like, okay, that's something. And I'm, I'm happy to document it and let it exist on a piece of paper rather than desperately try to remember it. Wow, yes, yeah. good answer. Yes, well, speaking of remembering, are there any other uh, baby items you'd like to remember and add to your list before we wrap up this episode <laughs> of Sessions with Mary Jane? Uh, yeah, so babies are not allowed to have pillows or blankets mm-hmm. for fear. Oh, so yes, fixies, yeah. Leaps yeah. back, which is very weird, but it's really funny that my daughter always, she... <laughs> She sneaks her arms out of the back every night. And in doing so, she makes these very cute sounds. And you can tell she's doing it when she goes, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> So my wife and I just make those little grunting sounds all the time now. Uh, she, she never is doing it. But here's, here's her bassinet that she sleeps in mm-hmm. right there, right next to our Aww. bed. There's her little sleep sack. Oh, that's um, we have birth cloths for her. Oh, this is like, easy. She has it all around. Him. <laughs> he doesn't lift it off. She she does not like pacifiers at all. Pacifiers. Uh, Wait, she doesn't. I feel like that's against a uh, turtle that makes noise. Turtle. Is that for and, sleeping? Uh, no, it's not tied to the to the pooping. <laughs> um, it just it's it uh it plays music, um, oh. but. She's, she's not quite mature yet. It looks like a turtle speaker. It kind of is. Actually, if you guys want, I can straight it. Basically, <laughs> this, this uh, turtle does like a light show. The lovely blue. <laughs> yeah. So it like plays music. Wow, look at all these high-tech gadgets. For I know. Yo, it's he, just for the parents, it's right? True. It's gotta be for the parents. It's true. There we go. Looking and buying it. Here we go. Whoa. Oh, it glows? Oh, it projects stars on the ceiling? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow, we're in great hands. Babies are getting the best technology there is. 
I know. It's so lovely. I have a space LED light. It's not like that, but that's cool. We it's are not babies. a turtle. That's cooler. And here, you can use the music it plays. Oh, it's also Bluetooth. Maybe I just have a bunch of baby toys. <laughs> Everything <laughs> I have is dirty. So we cool. are just babies growing up a little bit. <laughs> Do you guys want to meet the baby real quick to, to close the pod? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. yes. Last baby item is baby. <laughs> <laughs> Complete the list. Wait, uh, okay. Uh, to finish the pod, they would like to meet Louisa. It looks like my wife is feeding the baby, so no. Uh, well, Sorry, no, though. yeah, we don't want to crash it if it's breastfeeding time. Uh, yeah, it is breastfeeding time. Yeah, head. well, no tits on the podcast. That's our rule. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're mine. <laughs> I think that's a, a good a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Matt, for coming on this show. We really had a great time. Yeah.